following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, June 13th, 2018, season 14, episode number 12. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I'm Derek Eagleton. I'm back hosting this thing. <laughs> we're gonna Boo, boring. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm happy we're, you're back. We're going to, yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to try to get to a lot of stuff. This is our final show before we take a little bit of a break, which Dave desperately needs right now. Uh, we're going to take a little break here for about five or six weeks. Uh, to let you guys catch your breath before we head right into training camp and startup shows on July 25th. Uh, we will leave on July 24th. We'll start shows on the 25th. How's everybody doing this morning? I'm so excited. I'm great. For your break? Just just everything. Like Dave I'm, has been celebrating since last week. No, like, I mean, I'm excited for a little downtime, but I'm excited yeah. for training camp. Like, this is just another step in the process of getting there. Yeah. But, like, in the meantime... A little break sounds nice too. It does. I'm I'm so looking forward to just. Uh, I know I have a couple of weeks of vacation coming up here, and I'm I cannot wait. Somebody had the audacity in the locker room. I won't name names, but yesterday in the locker room, somebody was like, "How was your off season, man?" And I was like, "Shut up." <laughs> was this a player? No, no, it was uh, uh, somebody else in the media. Oh, okay, okay. Like, well, what you been doing with all your downtime? Because they what? do what downtime? What <laughs> a lot of the media about? that covers the Cowboys, they do take a That's, little bit of time off during the this off season. Is like one of the most annoying months of the year, because like all the non all the other outlets that aren't purely cowboys come out here and they're like oh like i haven't really been paying attention like we've been dealing with baseball and hockey or whatever and i'm like no it's all cowboys all the time here right so anyway how you doing today Nick? great great thank you yes i'm ready why you not talking man get into this let's you do some calisthenics get warmed up here no i mean i'm warm you're like <laughs> awkward, but okay. Like the dog that doesn't need to stretch before it runs off right. the porch. Just yeah. takes off. Like, like Randy Moss, his first 10 years of his career. Oh, yeah, when he didn't stretch. Just, that was the weirdest thing ever. The whole team would be down there stretching. He'd just be walking through the line just kind of like, I'm good. Just I don't stretch. Yeah. Is that problem. what uh, Cole Beasley says? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, him and Dak. Yeah. 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 What? What was that? Yeah, it was like uh, I think our cameras caught it during the 49er game last year. Like Dak was riding the stationary bike to get loose before the second half, and Beasley was like, "I don't need that, man. Like I'm like a dog. I just hop off." And Dak was like, "Your dog probably stretched too." And it was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I remember but, that. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a dumb t- conversation. It was fun though. Yeah, Jock talk. City inside. Yeah. All right, we got a lot of stuff I want to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Zach Martin. We'll talk a little bit about this mini camp that's happening this week. Final time the team will be together here before training camp. Um, I want to talk about some comments that came out from Cole Beasley yesterday I thought were interesting about uh, playing wide receiver here and the new coach and how they're uh, approaching things. Um, and then at the end of the show, I'll, I have a few questions that are kind of wrap-up off-season questions um, that I want to do before we go to our break, before we go on our hiatus because I want to kind of give people an idea that haven't been following along, just kind of a – a wrap up with a few questions from and answers from you guys of kind of what this offseason has meant and what your expectations are as we head into training camp. So first, let's start uh, with Zach Martin. Uh, we've been talking, I guess, for a few days now that this contract is imminent. Um, uh, Stephen Jones said as much on on Monday. Um, it looks like it it could be happening any point. What do we know at this point as far as timing? 
Uh, or does that even matter at this point now that we really kind of know this is going to happen? I'm confident it will be completely done before July 20th. Good. That's all I can give you. <laughs> I mean, uh, Probably before that. Yeah, probably. But, but hey. July 20th, it will be done. Talk about hedging your bets. I like it. Yep. This... <laughs> I, t- I mentioned this to you yesterday. Like this, it's like only the Cowboys have stuff like this happen. Which is so, but you know, I've had a couple of days to think about it, and you know, this kind of leaked out at a uh, sponsors luncheon here, not necessarily a media event where Stephen Jones kind of threw that out to the crowd to you know just kind of like, hey, well, he might be a practice, and then. The media at large ran with it, and I mean, the deal's gonna get done, but. <laughs> it's so bizarre to me. Like we, you know, we talked to Zach yesterday and he hasn't signed anything. We're just like, right. but how will it feel when you do sign? Like, yo, you're going to be the highest paid guy. And he's just like, yeah, I hope so. Cause I haven't signed anything yet. And <laughs> right. I do think it's going to get done, but it's just weird to me the way th- this was basically reported as like, it's going to happen, but it hasn't happened. And well, now everybody's just taking, well, it I got on Twitter value. and I saw it. I'm like, okay, when, when did this happen? I haven't heard it from, us, you right, know, our, right. our people. And our then I go to DallasCowboys.com. Yeah. Okay, uh, something it's, is not it, it matching up here. It it, this hasn't happened. happened. Well, that's what happens when you said a sponsored event. Yeah. And the media ro- rolled with it. That's what happens when the media is a sponsor. But see. It was sponsored by Dallas I mean, Morning News. Well, but now, if, if we want to if we wanna get into the real nuts and bolts of it, like, the Morning News was there. They just reported what. As a sponsor. What, yeah, okay, but they just reported what Steven said. Right, sure. And then that kicked it into high gear with other outlets, NFL Network, a certain <laughs> reporter that anybody who follows the NFL can identify if you think about it. Just, yeah. he's, he, I, that story was there. People knew this was coming down the pipe. And that just kicked it into the high gear where people were like, well, I don't want to get beat on this, so I'm just going to throw out what I got even though it's not done. It's not fully baked, but I don't want to feel like I'm being left behind. And Exactly. And, I mean, I don't think Zach was mad, but he kind of – yesterday he was like, yeah, like y'all really jumped on this considering (laughs) it's not done. Um, So it's just weird. And it's the type of thing that only happens with the Cowboys because they they garner so much interest and so much attention. And at the end of the day, the fans don't really care. I don't think they care. I mean, they, they want him to be at the left guard position, right guard position. Right guard, yeah. They want him to be at the right guard position for the next six or seven years, and he will be. It doesn't matter to them if he's the highest paid guard or not. But one thing I no, will but say. No, but I think I just get the signature on the paper. Yes. Yeah, it'll be done. I think fans should know, too. I know sometimes fans are probably like, well, why does that really matter if they report that? Well, fact of the matter is just I've seen situations, and you guys have probably seen some as well, where literally we knew – that there was a contract that was out there. Like, there's a contract that exists for a particular player. Cowboys are ready to go with this contract, and it sounds like the other side's ready to go with it, and then you get months later and nothing has been done with it. So that's why I think you have to be careful. Yes, there may be reported terms that are out there. There may be, hey, this could be imminent. But until it's done, it's not done. And that's the part I think fans should most be weary of when they read those kinds of reports just know that you're being kept up to speed on maybe what people are thinking and what could be what could exist it's not done though so just be careful with that and as nick said by july 20th we should have some kind of conclusion that's that's when i think it'll happen you think that's when it will happen no he's betting on that date if it hasn't happened within a week i that's bizarre to me that i mean saturday isn't it oh july 20th uh, sounds about right but 
I mean, right. Zach Zach said yesterday Friday. that he was like, I felt good enough about the progress we've made that I was willing to come here. So I mean, that's the best sign, right? If he's if he's, I would be pissed if I were him, and he hasn't gotten it done by a month from now. I mean, yeah. geez. So all right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the mini camp that started up yesterday. Uh, they have practices today as well as tomorrow. Um, first, let's talk a little bit about David Irving. Uh, he's been out, has not been a part of the OTAs, uh, returned yesterday. Um, first of all, tell me what he was involved in yesterday as far as just how much did he work in. Um, and then just just to give people kind of clarity on what's been happening with him, why has he not been here? What's the the reason, if we know one, why he hasn't been here um, and, and kind of where he is right now as far as his status? That's, you want to no. you want to just take that? No, just, just, I, don't <laughs> I can say it. I don't know anything. Go, Amber. Well, clearly, his girlfriend or baby mama or what people call it. I don't know. She got on his Twitter account, hacked his Twitter, started tweeting out how he's being violent and going through you know dealing with domestic violence stuff. Then it came out that she came back and refrained from the things that she said, accusing him, saying that, you know, he's actually really good to me, he's uh, he's good to his kid, blah, blah, blah. There were no reports, uh, I guess, officially made to the police, or maybe there were, but nothing actually happened with that whole thing. That's all I know, and that's all I saw. As far as that, uh, I, from what I've, hear, I've heard, he's dealing with the whole thing with his child and maybe trying to get custody of him. Her, his kid. Yeah, I mean, and I think that is about as succinct as you can put it with everything that is public information. I think, right. you know, it sounds like he's going through a breakup or some drama with her. And the, I mean, you, if you, the police got involved in Frisco, like, I guess that was like a month, a month and a half ago, but I think it's just, it's a whole ball of BS basically that he's trying to get sorted out. And I think he hadn't even been in Texas for most of the last month or so um he didn't do anything yesterday like i mean he's been gone he's you know they said he was out of shape at the start of otas so you know they're not gonna in any better shape now as far as what you can see or what you've heard he's 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 running with the conditioning staff i mean he's you know he didn't do anything that resembled football and i doubt he will until training camp does that at all concern you going into training camp because in my opinion he's one of your top two defensive linemen does that concern you? Yeah, I mean, everything he's doing is concerning me as far as what they're going to do long-term with him. I, I'm trying to figure out how many sacks does he need to get this season to be re-signed by the Cowboys. I think it's close lot. to 10. Yeah. Because I, I think, if, if just my opinion here, I think the Cowboys are like, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you this year. Hopefully things will turn around. And it's not looking like things are turning around right now. I mean, he's not starting off a contract year on the right way. And he, he's got to really get this thing um, back in his direction. He's going to have to have a, an amazing year, I think, to stay here. The big word for him, I think, is unreliable. Like, yeah, sure. And that's from a lot of different standpoints. He's had suspensions. He's had drama. He's had injuries. Like there are a lot of things that have kept weird him injuries. Off. Yeah, there've been yeah. lots of things that have kept him off the field. Nipple rings and stuff. I, mean, I don't think that's been an issue, but um, <laughs> I, he's had a lot of things that's kept him off the field. And when you start thinking about a contract year, and you start thinking like, how are we gonna, you know, do we want to pay this guy, and do we want to pay him really big money? Like, if he has a great season, do you want to invest a lot of money in him, knowing that to this point in his career, he's been unreliable? 
Yeah. I, that makes it very tough, right? Yeah, but yeah, it just reminds me of a conversation we had last night off air, which, I mean, you know, yeah, from a football perspective, you're especially, I mean, it's such a big year for him. You want him to be as focused as possible. I mean, I don't think it's exaggerating to say this is the most important year of his life because if he does everything the right way, I mean, he could cash in in such a big way, whether it's here or somewhere else. But at the same time, and, you know, he put something on social media like a week ago or two weeks ago that was like, you know, I wish people would be, you know, talking about the real reason why I'm not there, kind of hinting at everything that we were talking about. And I think he said, you know, there's there's no football if there's no me. And so Absolutely. part of me is like, you know, you got to sort that out. You got to get your mind right. I mean, mental health is something that people have been talking about a lot recently, thanks to, you know, not thanks to, but because of things in the news. And I think that's important. So I'm reluctant to kill him for that. I mean, get your life in order, and if it helps you focus more later, that's great. But at the same time, he's got a long enough track record with this where I can't feel 100% confident that he's going to show up at training camp and just be all in. Right, and I, and make no mistake about it. If if what Amber was saying or alluding to with regard to him having to do, deal with things with his family, with his kid— I'm always a big believer in take your family first. You got to get that stuff right and cuz you're not going to be any good in in other parts of your life if every day you're dreading going home, right? That's not going to be good for you, right? So, get that stuff taken care of. I I totally agree with that. But I, and that's why I also said like when you say unreliable, there are a lot of facets to this. Yeah. It's not just that. It's a lot of these other things that also are part of the mix that maybe just indicates that he is somewhat unreliable in in all facets like you just can't rely on him to be there because there's always something right whether it's in this instance it's the family stuff but in other instances it's a suspension in other instances it's it's an injury in other instances they can't keep him on the field because they don't feel like he's he can you know kind of keep that same level of energy throughout the the entire game like whatever it is that that they feel like makes him unreliable at the end of the day he's unreliable yeah. Right now, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt as far as that whole unreliability aspect of it, just because, I mean, OTAs were voluntary. So, right. okay, he wasn't here. Okay, not a big deal. I'm not buying into the whole line of him being out of shape. I know he does look bigger, you know, a little more weight on but his he's body. Not, he's not the kind either that he takes off his shirt and people are, like, impressed. Like, he's a, he's a kind of... I think he's kind of a little no. flabby, slouchy. No, guy. did you, you see think? him last year? I could at show this time you. last year. I don't know. He he when never he was, has been one that I thought was just like tweeted or Instagrammed where he was. Yeah, I can show I can show you an Instagram <laughs> if you want the me nude to. photo. Oh yeah, no, I don't want to. see <laughs> No, I don't. Think I've you seen do. it once and I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I no, I think it's noticeable. Well, but that was he's not was that not college? Like no, that was like last fall. Really? Yeah. But again, he's not of like obese. No, no, no. And, and he's fine. You look at the guys that play football. He's okay. He's in good shape. And he's playing defensive tackle. He's yeah. got a little gut. Does that really? Matter? So that's why I'm not falling into. And again, I it's, don't know how that whole process comes. How you know what happens there when you come back uh, during the off season and get back into football shape and all that. But I don't think that's the main story here. Him being out of shape. I'm not buying that. No, no. You're you're right. But I mean, he's not. But that's not that's yeah. not the totality of the story. Yeah. There's so. the other stuff. All right. It's an, uh, it's, it's, he's like the biggest variable on this entire roster, in my opinion. All right. There's, a, uh, there's also a, a, a list of guys who are not involved in the mini camps. Um, I'd really like you guys to just kind of run over a few of those guys that are not there. I'm going to run over them? Well, uh, <laughs> wow. Take us through the list okay. of a few guys that are not there. 
And really more importantly, I, I really want to know if there are any guys specifically that are not out there right now that you have concerns about as far as <laughs> as far as uh, them being available for for uh, for training camp. I don't think there's a single guy on that list, assuming they're not getting run over by a car by you or me or anybody. OK, uh, light pole. About um, to be Fourth of July. Yeah, it's true. That uh, can be a dangerous no. holiday for this. this team. Hey, as yeah. much as much fun as it is for us to be off, like it's a scary time to cover the Cowboys or no work. About you're that. just like, oh god, <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, there's nobody on that list that really worries me from a long term perspective, except for probably Malik Collins. Yeah, he was in a boot yesterday. I, I mean, he had this big old boot that went all the way past his knee, and I was just like, that doesn't seem good. <laughs> if you're supposed to be practicing in July or August. So, um, you know, him and Terrence are coming off foot surgeries. Everybody else, I feel like, you know. I have one. You're going to roll your eyes. Okay. All right. Hit me. (laughs) And it's dumb. It's not a big issue, obviously. Uh But when I heard that Tyron Smith had, like, a little something on his shoulder, I'm like, wait, what? I don't roll my eyes at that at all. I'm agreeing with you. I agree with you on that. So that that was a big, oh, oh, okay. Um. He hasn't been doing much during like OTAs and all that. So just by taking it easy, there's still a whole shoulder thing popping up. Yeah, that that concerns me. It's not a big deal right now, but you know, no, given I, the, his history, there's there's two ways to look at that. Which like I could roll my eyes at you and be like, big freaking whoop. He's the best <laughs> player on the team. Like he can have as many reps off as he wants. But at the same time, you're like. He's had a shoulder problem during non-contact practices after having a whole off season. I, I mean, yeah. I hear you, and uh, I I'm not worried about it right now. But I just think that's going to be a thing. Something that, to keep an eye on. It's a thing that you're going to have to keep an eye on for the rest of Tyron's career. I just right. I mean, at this point, and that's uh, if if all you're doing is keeping an eye on it and trying to manage him, then that's great. When it starts showing up where he's missing games, right. and that's where it's an issue, and. The hope is that that's not been a trend that's going to continue, that he's having missed games because of whatever the injuries are, particularly injuries to the back and to the neck. Like Those are the issues that I tend to get a little more concerned about as you get older because those things don't repair themselves as quickly as, as maybe other injuries do. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Cole Beasley. He had some interesting things to say yesterday. I don't know if he even thought they were as interesting as they were, but they certainly popped out to me. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F15 mode and F24 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. 
I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. <laughs> it is the second segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I love our break conversations. They're almost as good as what's on the They end. might be better. Maybe. You just want to do it? And just... It's- well, yeah. Actually, let's do that. Actually, what we were talking Everybody about. Everybody cares well, about hockey. <laughs> I'm not sure. gonna, don't even, you're not drawing <laughs> me offsides there. You almost did. You're not going to draw me offsides. Do you know what offsides is in hockey? No, I don't. I couldn't tell you. What? I mean, I know it's a penalty. I don't know what justifies offsides. Okay. Is it when you get past the blue line? You can't go, can't you, go past the line. Let, before can't the do it. Kent's got yeah. season tickets. You can't do what? You can't go past the line before the puck passes. Puck goes the line. in first. Which yeah. line? The blue line or the red line? The blue, blue line. line. That's what I said. Red. I said the blue line. Red the line offensive is icy. blue line. Yeah. See? I'm on it. Derek's. Game, down. game five of the Stanley Cup Finals was the first hockey I watched this year. I didn't so. even watch that. How about you World know the Cup? most hockey I've watch... watched? Yeah. Is Alex Ovechkin like going crazy for the last week. Yeah. I didn't know That's he was the most psycho. hockey I've been watching. Look what you I did. I love it, actually. Look what you did, Nick. <laughs> now we're like we're so far in the weeds. Last show of the year. And we're last, on hockey. last show of the year. Yeah. Last show for a month. Oh, well. All right. Let's get back to it. Actually, I, I think we should go into that topic a little bit. It might kill one of our other segments, but... Um, we started talking a little about Connor Williams, and um, it was—I guess—it was precipitated by a conversation that David and I were having last night with Brian um, about what he was uh, what he was seeing from Connor Williams. Um, and one of the things that he mentioned was just that it's going to take him a little bit to get accustomed to playing where he's playing at guard. He played tackle at Texas, um, and a lot of what he did at Texas—the reason he was success- successful at Texas, I think—and what Brian was saying is because of his athleticism. It was his ability to kind of make sure guys don't get around him. But playing guard is a much different thing. Um, and Nick, I was saying in the break, uh, I actually thought of you when he started talking about it because I remembered you talking a lot with, when they were making the transition from Ron Leary about how playing guard for you, mm-hmm. you want a guard that's going to push people around. You want to get that push. It was the reason why you weren't a big fan of Lyle Collins necessarily playing there as much as you were a guy like right. Ron Leary. Um, but talk about just if, if, if the issue for – him right now is the transition to guard. How does that how does that look on an offensive line that otherwise looks really, really good? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that that was some of the issues we saw back in 2015. They were the worst rushing team on third and one in the league. They had three pro bowlers, and, and I think Lyle Collins was even an alternate to the pro bowl. But yet, when it came down to really doing your job and knocking people back a yard or two off the ball, they had a hard time doing that. And I think that's where your strength with Connor Williams is going to come into play, or anybody, really. That, that's that's the strength you can't expect these guys and i'm sure texas has a great weight room but you can't expect these college players to come in and have the kind of strength that that they're you know that that you want them to have to play at this level so i think that's going to be an adjustment i think you know and and it's a little tricky right now because and i know i know broadus looks at it as much as anybody but it is still a little tricky this part of the season to see how strong a guy is when he's really not being able to push people off the ball, it's it's just kind of you know it, it's hard to, to see the strength. I'll, we'll see what happens in training camp, and we'll see what what his notes look like then. And see when he's, then, see when he's really trying to to, to knock uh, those guys back. But 
Um, it's a little bit alarming right now, but I think that's somewhat to be expected. Okay. And, and well, and we're going to knock on wood and just assume that Tyron Smith <laughs> will be there, which if you're going to, and I mean, I never, I don't think anybody expects him to just be an all pro right away, but he's playing between two all pros. And that's the point I made right before we came back from the break is like, Sorry, Zach. If we're making you the highest-paid guard in football, then Travis's attention should be elsewhere. I'm counting on you to not need help, basically. Well, but I think that the issue there and what I think really started this conversation in the break was what happens then if Tyron is not available? Um, And now you have a backup at tackle, and you have Connor Williams over there who is a rookie and who may at times look like a rookie. Like, are you back to just a, a tough situation on the left side of your offensive That's line? That's why you paid Cam Fleming yeah. a decent amount of money. I mean, I don't. he's not going to make anybody forget about Tyron Smith, but if he's as good as his contract and his play with the Patriots suggests, then you should be able to weather that better than they did last year. It won't be the Atlanta Falcons game. I mean, if that happens again with what they've done this year, then I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to do because, I mean, they, it sure looks like they've taken all the appropriate steps. All right. All right. Let's jump back in on uh, Cole Beasley. Um, I'm going to read this quote for you, and then I just want to get, before I say anything, I want to get your reactions to the quote, uh, what your thoughts are here. Here's what he said yesterday. He was actually speaking to uh, one of the media members uh, in the locker room, Jory Epstein. Uh, and here's what he said. It feels like the first time we're actually being taught how to run routes instead of just naturally doing it. Uh, when you get to the NFL and you're supposed to know stuff is assumed, uh, law uh, narrows down step by step, doesn't assume anything from basics. That being said, tell me what, what your thoughts are hearing an NFL wide receiver, particularly in this instance, Cole Beasley, say that. I think that he's being honest because a lot of times, we just like we were just talking before about well if you can play tackle you know you're a tackle you can just move to guard if you're a corner you can move to safety well if you're if you're a position if you're a head coach in college football you could just be a position coach and that's not always the case it goes back to basics and I, and that's we heard that about Sanjay Lau from back at, in uh, the Senior Bowl when he was first being hired that he was a great teacher Jerry Jones said he is an outstanding teacher and and that's what it is Dave Campos said to me. That he much, I mean, the money was great as a head coach and a coordinator, but he loved being a defensive backs coach because he could really teach technique. And sometimes that's what a coach's true calling is. And that's what it seems like that Sanjay Law is. So I don't know if it's necessarily a dig at the other guys and, and Derek Dooley and the former receiver coaches here, but I think that's the attention to detail that makes Sanjay Law a little bit different than, than others. Which, and you've seen it, like Nick said, you've seen this storyline progress, which it's one thing, you know. Everybody just everybody loves their draft picks. Everybody loves their new coaches. Like that's just a thing. But you know, it's one thing all the way back in January. Jerry's like, he's a great teacher. He's a, you know he teaches these guys route running better than anything. And then you get to rookie camp, and you know the rookies aren't even allowed to touch the ball while they're out on the field because it's all about fundamentals. And then you take it to the next step, and the veterans are even saying it. So I mean, clearly, I mean that's the mo. That's been the mo since they hired the guy. It just got, it goes back to some of the things I heard last year from some wide receivers uh, referring to them not being put in their best position on the field. It goes back to what Dave was saying, having a good teacher. When you have a good teacher, you, you gain a different kind of respect. You want to learn. You want to do better. When you know that the person above you knows what they're talking about and knows what they're doing and knows how to put you in your best position. So the fact that Cole said something like that, it, I mean – 
it makes me excited to hear that and, and excited to see what they can become with this new coach around here and knowing how to position them and seeing that the receivers are having this different kind of respect that they didn't have before. Well, if all that's being if, if all this is the case, then I have an issue with how things have gone in the offseason because they have not used this money that Des Bryant's contract created anywhere. Doesn't sound like they're just trying to go out and get a safety. So if this guy is such a great teacher at, at running routes, and what player did have, had the most issues running routes was Des Bryant. So why not use Des Bryant as, his, as Sanjay Law's best uh, pupil? I mean, why, why is he coming in here to teach that? Then why didn't they let Des Bryant get the opportunity to get better at running routes? He's clearly the most talented receiver that they had. I mean, this this just doesn't add up. Well, unless they needed the money. Do you for something feel that else? they were or, aware though with the coaching spot as far as you know the whole teaching and running routes? I mean, do you, do you feel that the ones above were aware that maybe the coach wasn't the right fit? Yeah, and yeah. just the coach, not the player. But I think we're making an assumption there that the primary reason they got rid of him was because of his route running. Not, not the primary reason. Well, because I think, okay. I, my, my belief is that there were, more, there were bigger reasons that had more to do with how he handled himself with his teammates, how he handled himself just in, the, in meeting rooms, all that stuff. I mean, watch, watch that documentary. It, it, to me, it crystallized all the reasons why the Cowboys are probably ready to say, we're going to just move on. You think Deion Sanders has... You think what Deion Sanders is saying about they should re-sign him? You, you, yeah, Mike said I, the same thing yesterday. Michael I, Irvin. Get out of here. It's not happening. That bridge is smoldering in the river. It is not happening. I And I I agree with your point, though, too. And basically, and I'm going to piggyback off what you just said, and I'm interested to see how this works out. And, and you know, the receivers are happy. Uh, you know, Al, Alan Hearns and, and guys like Tavon Austin have said the same thing, like, they love kind of being taught the fundamentals. It's refreshing. It's like it harkens back to high school, what, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It all sounds really good right now. Uh, but clearly, like this position and this problem spot has been chosen as like the scapegoat. I mean, injuries and suspensions played a part last year too. But like this is the thing where they're just like, this was bad and now it will be good. And we'll see. Like we'll see if it actually works out the way that, that they are talking like it should um, because they've made a lot of – they did big changes based on this problem, and and if it doesn't get better, then then who are you pointing right. the finger and, at? Right, and and I've said this all along. I said it when when they cut Des is that they they did not get better at receiver right now. They're not better right now at receiver. Uh, they might be better as far as in the inside the locker room. It might be better for Dak. I'm not really sure, but I just know talent wise they're not better, which is okay if you can use contract and all that to get better in another area. So that still to me after what two months. It's still somewhat of a puzzling decision to cut Dez to me. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, there's probably more to it than whatever the all or nothing documentary showed. I mean, there's True. there's yeah. more than that, but I just think right now I I if, if he's such a great teacher, then I think they should have let Dez get an opportunity to be taught like that. And that I, if they're not going to do anything else with the money. If you want to go out hit, trade for a guy that's somewhere, you know, that's disgruntled and not playing in another team, then maybe you can do that. And I'm all about to getting that money. And here, here's the thing to remember about that though. That doesn't have to happen now. That could be in preparation for next year because you can't carry money over, right? Yeah. And so this could be preparation for next year when said player could be a free agent. 
and then you don't have to worry about giving up a pick in I order hate to secure y'all. services. Why? I just I, I don't. I love y'all. I just I know you do. Every day when I walk down the stairs to come in this studio, I'm you like, you know what we're talking. No, about? I'm just like, when's it gonna happen? Like, when? Where's the opening? <laughs> hey, I mean, he didn't report to mandatory he did not. It, so it it is a pertinent talking point. Whether it's definitely a conversation worth having. Whether I hate it or not, it's worth talking about. Can I throw? He started it. Huh? He started it. I, I didn't did. say any didn't. Well, he started it when he walked in the Cowboys locker right. room. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. You don't walk to the locker room. You can't get there by walking. He right. had to run. Right. He had to run over there and get and get Jason Garrett. He did. He started it, and 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 nothing has changed since then. And you, Cowboys you haven't the gotten any better at safety. He hasn't. He's not any happier where he is up there. So I'm just saying that there's. It's still floating out there. I I know. I like. I know that doesn't like. I'm trying to think of an analogy, and nothing's coming I, to my mind. I but think like, you want you know. it to happen just so I'll shut the yes. front door. At this point, yes. <laughs> you it's, scared me so bad right there. Like, <laughs> we're going to have a parade. Internet radio, you can say whatever no, you want. No, you can't. No, you can't. We still oh, got a brand. Tell that to her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm very appropriate. I, yeah, show. at this point, I don't, I don't even care That's about That's why we don't do the breaks. That's why. Yeah. Really, Good we point. talked about, you know, we can't talk about the breaks. Can I throw out one other thing? I think this Good. also Good. one thing that this uh, that this <laughs> that this quote points out to me is I think a lot of this is a reflection of the unintended consequences of the CBA uh, when they took away time uh, that guys deep. are spending. I'm just saying though, <laughs> yeah. the time that guys spend on the field has been diminished significantly, and it's left teams and coaches in situations where something had to be cut. And I think in a lot of ways, technique is what. Has been cut. I think if you look at preseason football in the NFL, and really the first few weeks of the NFL, there's a lot of bad football. There's a lot of missed tackles. There's a lot of just stuff that, to me, are all about the basics and the fundamentals. And I don't think coaches um, have as much time to be able to really focus on those things because now the amount of time they can actually spend with the players in the offseason is diminished. By the time they get to training camp, it's not time for fundamentals. You're installing offenses. You're installing defenses. You're getting your team ready to play for an upcoming season. There is nothing like the NFL in the sense of like the better you get at it, the less likely you are to actually practice or like be good at it. You know what I mean? We're just talking like in order to get Tyron Smith through his career, maybe he will only practice like 25% of the time for the rest of the time he's playing. Like that's insane. You know what I mean? Like, and baseball teams and basketball teams, like not only do they play every day during their season, but in basketball, like they'll have two hour practices and baseball, you get to the park and take BP and shag balls every day. And then like in the NFL, you have, I mean, training camp practices are half hearted compared to what they used to be. And practices during the season are basically just walkthroughs. I mean, it's it's crazy. We ain't I, talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. Which, yeah, I think practice. I think this com- comes back to the two most annoying words of this off season. Earl Thomas, sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. More than that, <laughs> more more annoying than that is probably that? the term Dak friendly. Yeah. And I think this yeah, is this is what another example of that is is that I think the Cowboys believe that Dak needs these guys to be exactly where they need to be. There's no freelancing. There's no out-athleting anybody else. Mm-hmm. You need to run the route correctly, get open to the spot so our quarterback can can, can give them the football. Yeah, And that and he's still learning as well, so help him be as good as he can be. Um, and I think that's that's where get a good teacher in here, get good route runners in here, and, and let the offense kind of flow like it should. And for the record, I think it's a good strategy. I think it plays to Dak's strengths. It plays to the strength of this team, which is running the ball. Um, having said that, I'll, going back to what I said a minute ago, like if it doesn't work, 
then it, that's going to create some tough conversations because why? Cause, I mean, because all offseason, it's all been about how, like, this is the way to go. So if it doesn't work, then who are we blaming next? Right. You there know isn't, who? Other than the head coach. It has <laughs> well, to go right to the top, right? The head, the head coach and the quarterback. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, but it goes right to the top. Yeah. At that point, like, you have everything that you need. You you kind of created this thing and yeah. the image that you think it needs to be. And, and if it doesn't if work, then you have to be accountable. If this team doesn't do well and they, and they don't make the playoffs – we think we know what that means for the coaching staff, or at least at the top. And we also think that, um, you know, if, if it doesn't go well because of the quarterback, then I'm sure that the high draft picks probably going to, I mean, I think quarterback will be in play. I it's really do. Be, I mean, it's going to look really weird around town because there's a lot of billboards. There's a lot of trucks. So Trust Mountain me, those Dew can wanna, be changed. Uh, they will. Yeah, they, they need to be. We've, we've seen that happen because guess what? We're changing a lot of them to have 82 on them as well, right? It, it That's the nature of the NFL. You have to change things up. you can up keep when you, that, though. But we're, I still <laughs> see Acme Brick commercials with Troy Aikman. I understand that. All I'm saying, though, is there's a lot of stuff that around here that we've learned over the years you have to be flexible enough to change quickly because yeah. one but day a player might be me, here, the next week he may be gone. Before I just get killed on Twitter, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the quarterback that they have right now is going to be the quarterback for this team for the next six, seven years. I, I really agree. think that, if not longer. I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm 100%. I, for, I, I think he's the guy. For really the record, do. I think all this stuff is going to work. I, I really do. Yeah. Maybe I actually that's love the direction of going with the wide playoffs? receivers. Playoffs? Yeah, I didn't say that. Come on! I didn't say that. Yeah, and I said, I, We'll see if well, it plays. sounded like Mickey, didn't it? Playoffs? But when you, have, when you have the kind of offensive line that the Cowboys have put together and you have the kind yeah. of running back that the Cowboys have, I think that you can take the strategy that they're taking at wide receiver. And if it works, the beauty of it is now they can just plug and play with those players. They can take that money and invest it in other positions, in my opinion, like your offensive line, your defensive line. Um, there's a lot of things. I was having this discussion with somebody the other day. There are some, a lot of question marks around this team. But if the question marks fall on the side of the Cowboys, this is one of those years you could have a team that goes all the way. You could also have a team that really falls apart, right? Because there's so many question marks. The linebacker is a good example of that. Like, if everything works out, if Sean Lee's healthy, if Jalen Smith is back to what he was before the injury or somewhere close, if Van Der Esch plays pretty good and those two guys are doing their thing, like, your linebackers could be extremely good, some of the best in the league, and that will make your defense that much better. But if Sean Lee's hurt, if Jalen Smith isn't what they expect him to be, if Van Der Esch looks like a rookie, your linebacking core could be really, really bad, and your defense would probably be really, really bad. And that's my point. Like, there is a big gap between what this team can be on either side. Yeah, You just got to make sure that your backup plan works, that you do have a backup plan, and that we don't see what happened last year when Tyron Smith went out, that you put a guy that – I mean, you you knew this could happen. You knew Tyron could go out at any given time, and your backup plan didn't work, and you didn't focus on making your backup work. So those are the things that I'm looking at moving forward is, okay, what's your backup plan? Who's your backup guy? Is he going to be good? Like, is he going to get the job done when you need him to get it done? Because we know a lot of the guys they have right now, they're great when they're healthy. And when they're on the field, we know what they could do. And it, it could be awesome, but... If it goes down, which we've seen can happen, what's going to happen? We have a good backup. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. I'll have some of those bigger picture closing questions here that I want you guys to answer. We'll get everybody ready for this little break and heading into training camp in late July. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. 
Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Amber? <laughs> what? You know, you know what, Derek? Looking at you, you're in a suit. I want to know how comfortable are you right now? I'm actually very comfortable. Are you? So h- how? In a 1 to 10? It is a, it is a Tommy John day. I'm very comfortable. So you're very comfortable. Very comfortable. Okay. Does it feel amazing? Does it feel amazing? Soft? Yeah, I'm getting a little uncomfortable, but yeah, it feels I great. mean, this is what it says here. It's supposed to be the softest, most supportive underwear. So I'm uh, true, I'm true. glad you're being supported and yeah. that it feels Sports amazing. important. <laughs> the most important. So if you guys want to know what it feels like to have soft, supportive underwear that support your package, make sure to uh. check out TommyJohn.com <laughs> <laughs> forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off. And you can use the yeah forward slash Cowboys. 20% off. If it doesn't support you down there, you get your money back. So check it out. And it's and always great to feel supported. And just to be clear, Tommy John also now makes special underwear for women as well. So men and women can feel comfortable all day, every day. Yeah. I feel like I'm having an yeah. out-of-body experience right now. <laughs> This is blame it on Derek. He threw me this. That's okay. Well, no, if you don't know the backstory, last week when Amber was was doing (laughs) my job, she decided she was going to throw it at me at the last minute. Like, hey, here you go. It's your turn (laughs) to do the read. So I just gave it back to her. So it's all good. All right. So we're rolling through this thing. This is uh, again our final show before we take a little break here uh, for you guys out there. And I just want to make real a note real quick for you guys out there listening. Um, I know we've made some changes to the site. Um, and we've gotten, I've gotten some messages from you guys on some mm. issues that were happening with some of the podcasts and not being able to find them. Just know we're aware of it. We're working on the issues uh, with, with the league to make sure we get all this lined out. 
I promise you by the time we get to training camp when we're doing these shows every day that you guys will have it the way you're normally normally used to getting all of our shows. Uh, we just have to work out some of these kinks. And this is why we did it at this time of the year um, is so that we do have a little bit of time can, to get this. Can right. we also say update your Google Chrome if that's yeah. the issue? Because yeah. I, a lot of people that are having issues with the website and what it looks like, if it's on Google Chrome. that, that And an has, older version. Of an older Google version Chrome. of yeah. it that needs to be updated. I know that was an issue for you. That's an issue as far as how it looks. But, yeah, from a standpoint of the podcast and some of those not flowing right. in and then flowing into iTunes, we're working with both the league and yes. iTunes on that. So just know we're working on all that. We appreciate you guys giving us the feedback. Keep giving me feedback, letting me know if you see things that aren't quite working right, and uh, we'll, I promise this, we'll have it worked out by the time we get to camp. And this is uh, this is Derek uh, improving on some things that we've done in the past too because there's been several times where we've opened training camp with a brand new site yeah. and then the kinks like that need to be ironed out and we're sitting we in the first press conference of training camp and it's not looking that's why you do this in mid-june exactly right. like this you learn from your lessons It'll be good yeah so yeah we'll definitely we'll definitely get all this stuff uh, worked out just keep giving us feedback and uh, be patient with us we'll have it ready by the time we get to camp all right um, so let's get to our final segment here. We got some questions. I got three questions for you guys. And the point of these questions is more to kind of give people a big picture look at the offseason, um, the highs and lows, um, and then kind of what that means. So I want you to answer the question, but I really am expecting that we can get into a more of a conversation about some of these things uh, to just give people a good, you know, tie this this nice uh, bow at the top of this thing, at the top of this offseason, so uh, so everybody can get a good idea of what happened. So let's start first with what has been the biggest loss for the Cowboys? And I have four names here. Des Bryant, Jason Witten, Anthony Hitchens, uh, Orlando Scandrick. No. There have been two guys that lost, that left in free agency. Uh, one that was cut. Um, and then, I'm sorry, was Scandrick cut? Yeah. yeah. No, two cut, one request. lost in free agency, and then one retired. What has been the biggest loss, or what player has been the biggest loss for the Cowboys? Mine would be Anthony Hitchens. Anthony Hitchens, why? I would say so. Because right now, I mean, I don't feel 100% confident with the linebackers. And you, we all knew we could trust Anthony Hitchens to be there and to fill in that role as a leader on the field. So when Sean Lee went down, you, I mean, it was never great, but there is a guy you could count on for sure. So that would be mine. And as far as the Des Bryant thing, I'm, I'm still – I think it, it was a good move. At the time, we'll see what it means in the future. But at the time, I think that was the decision I would have wanted to happen. All right. In the grand scheme of things, I don't, I don't have a problem that Dez isn't here. But I still think that's the biggest loss. I, I mean, I don't know, like franchise leader and receiving touchdowns. And he's, you know, he hasn't looked like he used to. But he, I mean, he can still be a dynamic threat, and he easily is the most proven receiver here. So. Like I said, it sounds good on paper, but that's, I mean, that's still something they got to learn to live without. I mean, all four of those are really up for debate because, you know, at linebacker, they had to, to go get a first round pick because I think because of that, I don't think they, they, they draft Van Der Esch if they don't, if they resign uh, Hitchens at cornerback. I mean, they don't have any veterans there, you know? And so I know we, we, we talk about Skandrick based off his attitude and all that stuff. It's like, ah, he's fine. You know, go on to Washington, whatever. But, I mean, they don't have any experience there 
um, at that position. So I, I, th- that's a tough question. I mean, you can say anything you want, really. I mean, the first time we see signs of trouble at training camp, then you can be like, oh, that was the tough move. I mean, I, that's a really good question. I don't know if you have a great answer here in early June. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised that none of you guys mentioned Jason Witten. Witten. I mean, and, and I think it's more from a consistency standpoint that I would worry that he's a bigger loss. Because I, I don't personally feel like – they are, and I shouldn't say it like that, but I think there are ways for them to not miss him as much as far as just play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hopefully this means that they'll have four wide receivers on the field more frequently. Hopefully this means that they maybe get a they maybe get a little bit more athletic at the tight end position. Um, I don't think they have a, a tight end on the squad right now who is more well rounded than Jason. But I think if they're smart and they know how to put people in right positions, they can probably make up for most of that. Um, so. That all being said, though, I'm still a little bit surprised that nobody mentioned Jason. I didn't say his name just because we knew he was close to his ending. You know, we knew it was approaching, and it it wasn't like he was cut or sent to another team. He's not playing. He's not playing anymore. So that was a different perspective and point of view of how I took your question. Honestly, that was probably the biggest surprise loss of the offseason. I know when we entered the offseason, if you tell me these four, (laughs) which one is is still going to be here, Witten would have been the one I'd be like, of course Witten's still going to be here. No, it was definitely a surprise. And I am choosing to believe in June, maybe I'll be wrong, but I want to believe that Witten leaving the team means that this is as different as the offense will look as it has in a while. Like more 10 personnel, you know, running backs getting the ball more often Tavon Austin having a role like that all intrigues me and if they do it as well as I think they can then I think it'll offset that loss pretty well all right let's move on to the next question who was the greatest addition uh Alan Hearns Cameron Fleming Tavon Austin or Jihad Ward who was the second one uh Cameron Fleming offensive lineman the tackle we talked about from uh, New England I think I have to say him I want to say Tavon Austin. I've talked enough about how I feel about that, but he—I think that's huge. Just, I mean, not 100% confident in Tyron Smith, and so I mean, we'll, that could pay big dividends if they need him. Who's the first guy? Um, Alan Hearns. Hearns. Wow. Another good, good question. I mean, <laughs> I mean, especially Jihad Ward because you know all this stuff we talked about yeah. with. Um, with David Irving, I mean, he and Malik getting hurt. I mean, he he could come in and really uh, be a difference maker. Um, I I think I would go with. I guess I'll go with Tavon, but I mean, we gotta we gotta see if that if Linehan and this offense is really gonna use him that way. If they if they use him like it sounds like it, and all all his teammates think he's the fastest player on the team, then they need to use that use that and put the ball in his hands. I would say Fleming. I mean, that was a guy that when it happened, it. It legitimately, if that's the right word, yes. <laughs> I felt excitement for it just because it's a guy that in a position, in a needed position, a guy that has experience, that has been in the Super Bowl, you know, someone that you could rely on in a way. Now, as far as Tavon, yeah, he, a guy that everyone's excited about and there was a lot of hype and there's speed there and ability and blah, 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 but we still don't know how he's going to be utilized. So, as of need and position, I would go with Fleming. All right, so if I add an additional option there of Chris Richard, does that change your opinion on that answer? Coaching? That's not, tough. Not yet. Not yet? Mm-mm. I mean, I, I, he sounds sounds good, sounds the part, but if first, you know, drive of the game in Carolina, we see a 45-yard pass interference penalty on 
Jordan Lewis because his head's not turned around right, then I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can say, you can make that case for everybody. Not to mention, I mean, Chris Richard ain't stepping in for Tyron Smith if he can't play. Like ultimately, True. that's what worries me. So okay, all right. Final question. You imagine um, a coaching like a player who's I'm going in, guys. I mean, just he, wears, he wears <laughs> he wears cleats to practice. It's true. He wears cleats to practice. It would actually be pretty impressive if a coach just jumped out there. And just ran on the field well, and played. That'd in 2015, when Matt Castle was out there in Wheaton, I mean, I'm not sure that Garrett couldn't just take the headset off and go out there and manage, good point. manage the very, game. Very, very valid point. All right, uh, final question. Which rookie will have the biggest impact in 2018? Leighton Van Der Esch, Connor Williams, Mike, Michael Gallup, or Dorrance Armstrong? Feel free to throw in another rookie if you choose so. Uh, mm. Which one will have the biggest impact in 2018? Mike White. Mike White. <laughs> I've been saying Connor since he was drafted. I'm going to stick with that. They didn't change after that conversation last night. No, cause, I mean, you know, I don't expect him to be an All Pro. I just expect him to be good. And I mean, if he's not with the guys around him and where he was drafted, that's strange to me. And all, he's the only rookie that I expect to play 100 percent of the snaps. Uh, so hard to finish. Yep. It's I, if he doesn't have the biggest impact, then that's troublesome. Even. Even as a rookie, even if he's not an all pro right away like Zach, he's still, I think he needs to, he will make an impact. I mean, he has to be the one that makes the biggest impact just because he, he's no, he's not rotating around with other guys. So he's getting more time of practice and more time of being on the field as opposed to these other guys that keep being rotated around and don't have as much time on the field. So, and I'm intrigued though we'll with take, Layton. We'll take him, take him out of the equation. then if we think he's going to start, what about the other guys then? Of those other three? I go with Armstrong. Really? I yeah, I do. I think Armstrong. Now he's going to have to withstand the, the <laughs> intense, you know, he's going to be Marinelli's whipping I mean, boy. <sighs> Yeah, he's just a flurry of. But of, if he can get through if that, he can, if he can not be Ryan Russell, right, and he can he can overcome that, and he can learn from this, I think he he's going to be the guy that comes in on third down and gets you a sneaky six or seven sacks this year, and which that would That'd be, be great as a, more than role. the thirty seven catches Gallup's going to give you. Well, yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad okay. you said that. This conversation off the air that we've had this week, uh, I. This is my own personal bias. I do not expect Michael Gallup to crack the starting three, barring injury. I just, I don't. Uh, whether that's tell me who your starting three would be. I would assume it's Hearns, Beasley, and Terrence when yeah. it's all said and done. I mean, I think those are the guys that get the majority of it. But I've talked to people here who know more than I do. Who they're like, oh, I mean, if it's not week one, it'll be by week four. Gallup's one of the starting three. Which, if that's the case, then I'm not giving this kid enough credit. And it's hard to really judge that based on minicamp, but. That's something to watch at training camp. I mean, we're gonna you're gonna see the one on ones. You're gonna see, you know, they do four or five team periods at a time. Like he's gonna have a chance to do it. And if that's true, then like I said, I'm, I'm not giving him enough credit right now because if it's not Connor, then my answer would be Vanderesh because yeah. I, I mean, him and Jalen are both gonna play a ton of snaps, and I think he's gonna be pretty good. So I'm honestly starting to think the same thing on Gallup. Like I just think that when you look at the wide receiver position. I don't think there's a dominant player there right now. I don't think these veterans, what we've seen of, I don't think that the guys that we, that the Cowboys have, other than maybe Cole, who's had some moments of success, um, I think for, you know, for the rest of those guys, I think when you look at them, I think they're going to continue to be what they've been. And I think Michael Gallup poses an interesting difference. I think he probably is a better route runner. He's probably quicker. Um, and I think that they're going to probably be able to utilize him in ways that maybe they can't get from the other guys. Um, I'll say 
just complete it's total snaps from the rookie class. I think first will be Connor Williams, yep. second will be Leighton Vander Esch, third total snaps will be Chris Covington. That's who I really? think. Yep. Total, Damn. Total snaps. Special teams all the way, every position on special teams, active every game. That's my prediction. Can I predict A something prediction. on that? Mm-hmm. I actually don't think Leighton Vanders is going to have as many snaps as you think. Okay. The reason why getting is on this Jalen train. I'm 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 really starting, and I, I might it's OTAs. Be, yeah, I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> no pads. I just I think that I'm very optimistic about what he can be this year, and if he can be what a lot of people think he can be this year then he and Sean are going to be out there most of the time. Derek, They're in nickel here, a lot. You've been here too long. I know. You've been, I know. Here, way too long. You've been here too I know, long to, I know. to know that you know who the owner is and the general manager. You know that the first-round pick gets scrutinized if he's not on the field. He will be on the field. But let me ask you this. He also, Jalen is one of his guys. That's, I, I a, that's, a pet, that's a pet project for Jerry, right? Yep. So how do you make that distinction? Like he's a second round pick that they Here's, fought highly of. They Sam, thought he was a first round pick. I'm, so I'm, I'm with, I've been beating this into the ground, but I believe it. Like I, you're helping Jalen be the best version of himself by not worrying about that anyway. Like, I mean, Van Der Esch's strength is supposedly his ability and coverage. Let him worry true. about that. I want Jalen Smith moving toward the line of scrimmage, Sam, Nickel pass rusher, go yeah. get the quarterback, do those types so of things. So you're saying Nick will keep three linebackers on the field and have him as a You kind could of if that. you wanted to, no. Base, so you really don't go to, to Nickel base as, like base Sam and then I mean you could maybe do that. Yeah. I don't know. I I think Nickels when you if have you think Van Der is that good of a coverage three, guy, then maybe you could. Especially an eleven person though. I think it's way more I mean, no, I don't think you would play three linebackers and nickel. I think you would play Leighton in most situations and play Jalen sometimes when it's a run situation or something or, or a pass rush situation, something like that. I just, I think Jalen's better off playing a smaller number of snaps that allow him to use his athleticism moving forward to make plays instead of just being like, Hey, you're the Mike, you got to do everything. The Mike does. I think that's how you wind up exposing him. Right. So, well, we'll see, though. That's what training camps for. Also, I, I'll, I guess the other thing when I start thinking about it from Van Der Esch's standpoint is that Van Der Esch is a guy that hasn't had a ton of experience. I mean, he is a, still a young player. Sure. Um, he's, he's a guy that had basically one year of real production in college. So he may not be ready for the prime time just yet. And I think... I hope not. Because, I know. I, because I because when you, dra- when you draft the guy 19, you're saying that he is, he is ready. That's you're not... Like, it's, that's a that's not what I want to hear about a guy that was drafted nineteenth. Yeah. Like he needs to be he needs ready. to be ready. All right. Well, we will see. If and, not, uh, then you need the wide receiver but, from hey, Maryland in here. Jalen, if, if he uh, wasn't ready to DJ, play, if he wasn't yeah, started yeah, on play. that, yeah, you only see him in the first game of the year. But to that, that's true. That is, to yeah. that point, I mean, Jalen, everything they've put into him, he's thirty fourth overall pick. He's not that right. Which. Just let the let the best man win. Like if Jalen's really if Jalen's ready to be the kid from Notre Dame, then nobody's going to be that upset if Leighton Van Der Esch is limited on snaps. And but for the injury, he's a well better. He's a much better prospect. And I know you can't always just completely divide those just, two. But all I'm saying is he was a much better prospect before that injury than Leighton Van Der. It'll you've, work itself out. You've been We're not going to have here. a linebacker controversy. Like somebody will get hurt. <laughs> like it'll work itself out. They're all going to play. They're all going to play. You've been here too long to just hop so full heartedly onto a hype train like that. Well, you like, know why? I just want you know the best why? for you. Because I do I do like to have like these kinds of things we can ride throughout training camp and throughout the season. So put me in the camp of Jalen Smith's going to have a great season this Pro year. Bowl. Pro Bowl? 
Oh, wow. Pro Bowl? <laughs> Get it out there. Come on. Do it. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Pro Bowl season for Jalen Smith. All right. And so we can f- watch this the whole season and just know that's where I am. Like, all right. I'm all about in the answer camp. Family Feud. You're like, yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Pro now let's Bowl. go get some break. Let's go have some time off for a little bit. We appreciate you guys rolling with us this whole offseason. We're going to take a few weeks here to kind of catch our breaths. We'll be back on the air July 25th. July 24th, we'll head to training camp. From the 25th, we start up our shows. We'll be doing daily shows from training camp in Oxnard, California. So till then, for Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break Live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the